Hey friends, welcome to the Life with Chris and Tatum podcast, where each week we'll talk about practical and relevant topics to help you live a life of freedom and purpose. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, please visit lifefellowship.tv. And now let's tune in with Chris and Tatum. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Life with Chris and Tatum. What's up, guys? Hey, we are really excited about today's discussion. We're always excited when we get to hang out with you and just uh, hear back from you. So before we jump into what we're talking about today, we just want to give a shout out for those of you that are liking and sharing um, our podcast. You're like some of our favorite people. That's right. And since we don't know who all of you are, unless you tag us, tag us so we know. Anyway, no, this is going to be great. Thanks for joining in. Well, today I want to just open up a little bit of my life uh, because that's what this is, life with Chris and Tatum. Open up your heart. Uh, Because this last week I had a very unique opportunity. Yes, you did. To go and basically spend a few days with John Maxwell. Woo! And John is somebody that is being used by God all around the business, uh, in the business community, um, to around really bring and literally Honestly, around the world. Right now, yeah. he's got twenty-eight different presidents of nations that are asking for him to come and meet with them, so that he can begin to coach them and bring value-based, Christian-based curriculum into yeah. their nations to see their nations transform. Yeah, into their school system and so they're education seeing system. Hundreds, I mean, hundreds yeah. of thousands of people saved, massively influential. And so I got an opportunity to go with 10 different pastors, mm-hmm. and some of them were business leaders. Uh, one of the guys that was in this cohort has the second largest church in America. That I was that I had had the opportunity to be with. Pretty cool. So he's got like fifty thousand people in America that attend attend one of his campuses. all of the different campuses. Mm-hmm. And I just, I mean, I walked away fired up. I walked away dreaming bigger yeah, dreams. You did. I came back and I just unloaded all of these things on Tatum. Yeah, as we sat on our front porch rocking chairs and talked about it. We had coffee. And, and yeah, just... we were like, we have to share this. I think it's so cool because I really enjoyed just hearing personal stories and examples and experiences when you were able to be with somebody like John Maxwell. And so we just thought you guys would enjoy hearing some walkaways um, that Chris got and learned and how God's working. So yeah. here we are. The, the thing that I, you know, I, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to give some nuggets and some different, you know, statements that he said that really resonated in me. Um, But by and large, the number one thing that I felt was, is that, and I, and I learned so much because here's guys that are, um, you know, leading companies of, uh, you know, they own a company or they're running a company of like a billion dollars. Here's a pastor that has, you know, 50,000 people in his church. It's safe to say there's several steps ahead of us. (laughs) Just a little bit. Just a little bit further ahead. So we have a lot to learn. And yet he invited me to come and hang. And then here's what I noticed. He spent just as much time with me. Talking about John Maxwell. Yeah, as with everybody else. Yeah. And I just saw, and I was reminded of the importance of valuing every single person. Mm -hmm. Because it's so easy, wouldn't you agree, in our world to... 
it's easy yeah, to put your attention on either what you're, who you're most like, like the person that you can most relate to just from friendship or common, whatever hobbies or lifestyle or whatever. And sometimes overlook and not even intentionally, but I know like if we sit down at the table of 10 people, 15 people, you're normally drawn to like two or three who are just similar. There's a natural tendency. To yeah, do you're just kind said, of bent towards them. And he fought that in a way that you never even knew he was fighting it. He just made you feel like everyone is important. Everyone mattered. I remember you just telling me and you're sharing it right now, but just how meaningful it was to get the equal amount of time with him, conversation with him, attention from him. He wasn't playing favorites by Answering any, means, any questions like, that I had or others that yeah. we had. And it was, I, I was just reminded of the importance of really seeing gold on the inside of people, mm-hmm. value them mm-hmm. for not what they can produce and what, who they are, yeah, but like, because that you see potential on the inside and you want to pour into them. Yep. And I was just, I was just struck by that. You know, um, I, I'll say this right off the bat. There, there almost is a thing. Uh, it could be a new motto in my life that I picked up when I was at dinner with him. Okay. He made the statement, and it's going to seem so simple, but he said, one of the things that I cite to my success is that I open doors for people. Mm. And he looked at the guys around the table and he's like, guys, open doors for people. He said, my third grade grandson came home the other day. Mm -hmm. He said, hey, hey, Papa, I opened 37 doors for people today. Mm -hmm. And he said, my third great grandson knows more about serving others, adding value to others Mm -hmm. than most people will ever learn in their entire lifetime. Yeah. He said, open doors for others. You know, and so I started thinking about my own life, you know, open doors to the gospel, to Jesus, you know, to to others. Uh, If I see somebody that's in need and I know somebody that can fill that need in their life, open that door. Open physical doors. Sure. Uh, yeah. But make connections. Help other people win. Go out of your way. Yeah. To open doors. Yeah. This makes me think of a, sta- a statement, a quote that I've always heard you say. I don't know who first said it, but what you do for others, God will make happen for you. What you make happen for others, God will make happen mm-hmm. for you. And I feel like in so many ways, it's a little different than what you're saying, but it's like doors of opportunity that maybe you can be the bridge between like two people or one person who has a great need in their life or there's potential for a great blessing in their life. And maybe you know someone who knows someone that could offer them the job they've been looking for or, you know, introduce them to the spouse they've been praying for. Or there's a million different scenarios. But I think just for us, keep keeping an awareness like of, man, we are we ha- have the ability to make great impact in people's lives by opening a variety of different He told me, for them. Uh, you know, we, we, right, right when, when I saw him and I gave him a big hug and I said, John, it's so good to see you. And he's like, and I don't have the kind of voice that he has. Do it, babe. Give no, it a try right This here. is my best right here. Okay, do it. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I said, man, John, it's so good to see you. I'm so glad that we're here. He's like, come on in. He gives me a big hug. He's 75 years old. And, uh, he said, you see around this, this room here, there's some pretty, pretty great people in this room. And I'm glad that you're here. I want, I want you a part of my life. Hmm. And then, and then he said, and what you're going to experience is who luck. And I said, who luck? I said, what's who luck? 
He said, nobody is just lucky. It, it is who you know that makes you lucky. Hmm. He said, I call it who luck. It's who you know lucky. Yeah, I like that. And he said, there are some people around here that you're going to get an opportunity to meet that are going to help stretch you and take you to mm -hmm. another level and all that. And he said, I'm so glad that you're here. And hmm. I just, I've, I've, uh, I've kind of adopted that in my, my heart. That who luck. term, who luck. Who luck. Hey. It almost sounds like. Akuna Matata kind yeah. of word. <laughs> I was going to like say. it's about to come I'm out of the drum, Lion King. <laughs> beat some drums or whatever. Who luck, 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 luck. <laughs> Didn't they do that on uh, Nemo? I don't know. I think so. I think so. <laughs> Yeah. No, that was that little baby. Remember the, that little baby that used to dance around that little diaper? The like the very first uh, GIF. Honey. Do you say GIF or GIF? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, people... I think I say GIF. It's a GIF. Is it a GIF? Anyways, it's a gift that I give to you today. Who luck? Okay. Who luck? You know, um, we 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 kept talking about this that no one drifts to a desired location. You have mm. to be intentional. That's so good. We don't I think you should say it one more time. Nobody drifts to a, a to a desired location. It doesn't just happen accidentally. Don't you have to be very there. intentional. And we we were talking around the table about how many people throughout COVID um they didn't drift into a better position. They actually drifted into a worse position mm -hmm. in their life in relationships, maybe with their walk with God, mm -hmm. uh, in their habits. I've, I've talked to so many people that allowed their, yeah. their habits. And I mean, we're seeing right now, even all kinds of uh, relationships and marriages going through some very difficult times because of things that happened through that, that pandemic. Yeah. And I think it's so good that we uh, constantly are aware that Listen, if, if you've gotten off track when it comes to some of your habits or some of those areas. You're just one step away from just changing direction. Just put them direction. back in your life yeah, and just, just start putting that one step in front, of, front yep. of another. Because we don't drift to our desired location. Yeah, we, we have, have to, be to intentional. intentionally work to get there. That in fact, he was talking about John Wooden, the famous uh, basketball coach. I don't know him. Who? Uh, John Wooden. I, yeah, I believe it was UCLA. He was the big coach there. Okay. And like the guy was massively influential, an incredible leader. And he said, uh, and I quote this, he said, the worst thing that can happen to a team is to let them win a game that they should have lost. Hmm. Man, that is, I see so many applications in parenting with that one statement. That's really good. What do you mean? Tell me. Well, I was just thinking how much of a rescuer that like, we want to be as parents. And I put myself in the category, which is why I said we, like when our kids are struggling, when they're uh, making decisions that are not the best decisions, when they're um, delaying and like not doing things on time, when they don't do their homework, when they forget their lunch 15 days in a row and you just keep taking it up to the school. Like, you know what I'm saying? There are things we want to rescue when you're like, sometimes you should actually let the basketball team lose if they deserve to lose. Sometimes, <laughs> and I'm not, I think this all is in context. So don't read into me, those of you listening. I tend to be the rescuer and I want to take my kids to their homework when they were in elementary school every time they left it at home on the kitchen table because I'm like, they did the work and I want them to get credit. But it's also not benefiting them if I just keep taking it and they're not taking responsibility to put it back in the purple folder and give it to the teacher, like finish the work. And I think that sounds like the example that John was giving about this coach, how 
man, it's terrible when a team that should lose actually wins because it doesn't set them up for future success. No, because the it gets in their kids. heart. Yeah. And and what and what we talked about is this: don't uh, we don't work for cheap wins. Yeah. Yeah. Because cheap wins. Um, they do something to your heart. You don't want them. You want to fight against yeah. them. So stop lucking your way to success mm-hmm. yeah. and start working your way to success. the hard success. work, yeah. Again, nobody drifts to the desired location. Yeah. You have to work for it. And the worst thing in the world that can happen is that you just start getting lucky in different things because mm-hmm. you start putting your guard down yeah. and you don't excel yeah, to the level exactly. of where you need to be. That's so good. But isn't it strange how just like human nature, we all just want the easy route. Like you want to be the princess married into the um, billionaire's home that just grows up and gets everything you want. Like that's like movie type of scenarios that everybody's like, oh, it must be nice to have such an easy life and have everything. But honestly, that's not what develops character. (laughs) That's not what develops perseverance. That not what gives us roots that dig down deep into the earth that we can withstand Comfort storms. Comfort kills growth. Yes. And too many of us, we're just comfortable with life. We're yeah. comfortable with where we're at. Yeah. We've stopped achieving. And again, that's where we were talking about, okay, what's happening in the world? What's happening yeah. in the business leader community? What's happening mm-hmm. in the church world? Yeah. That so many people are just drifting yeah. wherever culture is taking them. Mm-hmm. And it's actually the hardships. We've and, got to be yeah. intentional. Yeah. To create some significant changes. Another thing that was an interesting thought, and I hope I hope it's okay that I'm going all kinds of I different ways. I kind of like it, here. but I have no idea where you're going, so I'm just here for the well, conversation. We asked him because here's John. He's uh, 75 years of age, and he is making more impact now in his life than he's ever made. Mm. I mean, he's. I mean, we're he's seen you know. He's still packing out stadiums of 15,000 people, 20,000. He's got all these presidents of yeah. nations wanting to meet with him. And I love that he's preaching to a community that, that don't aren't necessarily people that are going to church. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, a lot of Christians follow him, but he's impacting the business world and leadership where thousands and tens of thousands of people, like you said, are coming to hear him speak. Well, here's what he does. He preaches on leadership. Yeah. So he not preaches, but he speaks on leadership at these big... Uh, gatherings and then uh at the very end of it so let's just say it's like a thursday friday conference and he's talking on it and he's like hey tomorrow is saturday saturday morning and if you want to know the secret to all of my success Hmm. i want to have you come and i'm going to talk about my faith and you don't have to come it's totally voluntarily and i'm going to share with you guys really the secret to where all of my leadership and where all of my strength comes from wow and so he'll have a a gathering of people of 15,000 people and 12,000 people will show back up hmm. on that Saturday and morning. Then he shares the gospel. Then he shares the gospel. He gets really open with his, with his faith. Yeah. And he'll see six or 7,000 people give their heart to the Lord. Unbelievable. But I asked him, I said, how is it that you can still be so successful in the latter parts of your life? Yeah. <laughs> but to, I remember actually you telling me a little of this. Let's hear it. And this is so intriguing. Yeah, so, it is. I, you know, I, the, for those of you that are a little bit younger, uh, this is really important. And those of you that are maybe my age and older, you're probably thinking, I mean, you've, you've probably had the thoughts before, okay, what retirement's going to look yeah. like and wonder what the future is going to look like. He said three things. These are awesome. He said, number one, he said, Chris, uh, as a person gets older, you have to fight against having a finish line. Because 
if there's a finish line, you're finished. Yeah. So what do you do when you cross the finish line? Yeah, you have like a tendency to just quit. Kind you of. have this goal like, hey, I'm just going to work, 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 work. And then when I finally, I'm going to retire, then you cross the finish line, then what? Then you die, man. No, Most I'm just pe- kidding. But no, yeah, really, you do. do. When, you, like- when you don't have purpose, they actually tell you that the uh, the amount of people that their lives end like quickly after that. It dramatic- After like legit retirement where they just don't no, have No, where a they purpose. have no purpose in their life. Okay. He said- for for so many people, he said, they have this idea that my best days are behind me. Mm-hmm. He said, you have to keep it in your mind all the time that your best days are still in front of you. Yeah, that you're not that you you step into heaven reaching for that finish line. I love that. You that. just there is never a uh, an end to it. That I finish. I'm done. There's strong. not work for me. Yeah, I finish strong. I love that. So the older we get, number one, he said, there can't be a finish line. Number two. He said, the qualities that you choose when you're young begin to exaggerate as you get older. Hmm. So he said, be very careful about, uh, he said, develop your characteristics. So all of my young people that are listening, uh, those that are my age, develop those qualities on the inside because age amplifies things. It accelerates things. It um, Develop your good characteristics, things. you're saying. <laughs> yeah, he said, so watch one. this. He said, if somebody has, if they're like really critical and they're always complaining when they're younger, mm-hmm. it exaggerates. And by the time that they're in their latter years, they're just a grouch. But if somebody is really sweet, like you, honey, Babe. the older that they get, the sweeter that they get because those qualities and characteristics, they exaggerate the mm. older that, that that you get. It compounds. It's so true. Your, we can all life. think about people that we know who are older and there's like this term, that grumpy old man. Or we all think about that sweet, sweet, sweet grandma. Wait, wait. How come there's a grumpy old man <laughs> and a sweet grandma? Hey, I'm just I've saying. seen some grumpy old grandmas <laughs> and some sweet old men. But this is my analogy. So, <laughs> do you think? That's just how I pictured it. Yeah. But honestly, I I think I can believe I think him it's just, on this I, one. I, I think it's true. And when he said that, I Who thought, you are, it exaggerates. that's really, yeah. that's a great start, uh, thought. It's like that, you settle in, you're more cemented in your ways. Well, you lose your buffer. And so you have no buffer. Yeah. So I didn't, yeah. I was about to say, I didn't have a grumpy old grandma. She was sweet, but she did, did lose, but all of us had great grandmas, mm-hmm. but she, they do lose their buffer. <laughs> Remember my grandma? <laughs> Tell her what she said that one time. She said, Tatum, I found out the, the secret to being happy. <laughs> she told me. My grandmother how, told how me How long that. was this after before she passed away? I don't Just a few years. She okay. was in her 90s when she told me. The secret okay. to being happy. You were there, Chris. Uh-huh. <laughs> she said, it is that you don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what anybody thinks about me anymore. So I'm going to say what I want to say. I'm going to say it. Now I'm happy. And I was like, I love you. <laughs> so I... So number one, how do you be successful in the latter part of your life uh, for uh, an older, as a person gets older, there can't be a finish line. Number two, the qualities that you uh, develop on the inside of you when you're young are going to exaggerate. They're going to be amplified. They're going to compound. Number three, and he said, I would never teach this from the platform. But we're sharing it on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, listen, our... Our our life uh, life with Kristen Tatum family get to hear something pretty special. You get to hear it. He said, stop hanging out with older people. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> he he said, "Man, older people wear me out." Okay, only this. We don't mean it. But he's seventy-five. Older friends, and you're awesome, and not like we're about to explain. Yeah, these are his older friends, not yeah. ours. <laughs> so you guys listening don't count. But he, but okay, here's the story. Here, he was this saying is what he, this is what he means. Yeah, he, he's saying uh, older people they stop asking questions, they don't listen. Um, they said, stop growing. He was saying like, they don't want to keep learning. They're set in their ways. Yeah, they're not. A, they're not aware. And if, and if you're not aware of some of the people that you're around like that, they will suck you in so fast. Yeah. He's like, it's the grumpier old ones. He's like the people I talk to that are my age. They all talk about the they're, pains in their body and the medication that they're on and the doctor's visits they're they're going to. Yeah. And he's like, and he looked around the table of of the guys that were there, and he's like. None of you care that my hip is in pain right now. You guys don't care because you guys don't deal with any of these kind of things. Yeah. And um, he basically, I mean, he said like all of his, uh, a lot of his, uh, of his friends, friends are one or two generations younger than him. And he said, you just got to be constantly aware of that because you can't grow yourself until you know yourself. Hmm. You got you to know what it is that is on the inside on the inside of you. And so, and when you begin to discover where you're at, that's when you can start growing because you can't mm. grow yourself till you, till you know yourself. So for instance, complainers, nobody likes to be around complainers. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. And so we, we've got to, we've got to make sure that we are a part of a good. That we're not the complaining group. As we get older, don't be the complainers. No, I think it takes self-awareness. Yeah. Like you just said, you have to know yourself in order to grow. So I asked him one more question, and, and, and I'll, we have time for one more. I, this, okay. And this is kind of a, a ministry world question, but I think it has application into every one of our lives. I said, if you were a pastor again today, mm-hmm. what would you do different? Or what would you do? Okay. What did he say? And... Uh, one of the big things that he brought out, he, we, we talked about all kinds of different things from a philosophy standpoint, but he said, what I've noticed is this, there used to be this mindset that church was the place to bring people. And unfortunately, the church has become a place that we're not going to the people. Yeah. We're, we're asking them to come to us. Yeah. And that represents cult, our culture, at least when I do think about an American church. Yeah, we, we're always like, hey, we you, have an expectation you that to you're going to come us, here. You need to come yeah. here. But what are we doing to actually go to them? Right now in America, 54% of our communities will never come to our churches. Mm. Wow. If I told the business leader community yeah. that 54% of your potential uh, clients mm-hmm. will never buy your product, they would be working overtime to try to figure out. Yeah. A remedy so that they can get their product into the hands of the 54%. Yeah. And the church has done the exact opposite. Wow. And then I, I want you to think about this. Sometimes the way that we've done church is uh, m- makes an unbeliever so intimidated. They feel so awkward. Yeah. They feel out of place. Okay. Meaning, uh, and, and the way that I describe it is like this, that if... If I were to take a believer that has been raised in church all their life okay. and have them go to a club okay, where there's people, I mean, they, I mean, they're drinking, they're dancing, they're, they're, I mean, they're having fun, they're doing their stuff. 
Yeah. That person that was raised in church would feel very uncomfortable. Like, man, mm -hmm. I don't think I ever want to go back to this again. I say that that oftentimes is the environment that uh, the unbelieving world feels when they step into a church. Wow, yeah. We got to... I mean, you think about it. Now, we're not going to water down the gospel. We're not going to water down what we do. But I think no. that we have to yeah. think about what, how are we going to them? And so I think that there's nothing more than we can... Nothing, uh, I think, describes Jesus more than the fact that of, of, of how he valued people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He went to them. He saw them. When I think about... When I think about somebody who doesn't know the Lord coming into one of our services or just walking through the front door, my mind instantly goes back to like hospitality. And I think of, I think of even a lot of our volunteers, many of you who are listening, who serve in a way that makes people feel seen. And it might not necessarily be a task that you're doing, but it's just a statement, a word that you say. I'm so glad you're here. We've never met. I haven't seen you before. Good morning. Like, what's up? Good to see you. Can I introduce myself? Like say, saying something that people feel seen and, and, and cared for. And a lot of that is not only reflecting who we are as pastors and leaders of a church, but I think it, uh, we can empower people of the church to also be, we like, have to show, create people, that culture. We have to show people un, um, unconditional love yeah until they know it's true yeah so true like we, we've, so got, we've got to be like, like i think about jesus yeah of all of the sinners of the day mm -hmm. all of the the partiers and all those folks they always asked jesus mm -hmm. to come hang out with them yeah why jesus didn't lower his standards you know that yeah but he had such a way to, to keep his standard, but at the yeah. same time, value people See and love, love people them. Yes. and accept people. Yep. And yeah, how, how do I say it? I'm thinking of like, even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And the beauty in that scripture and in that thought is that before we ever loved or knew him, before we even gave a thought to like, the Savior of the world gave his life for me. That's how much he loves me. We were just out sinning, like not caring, not thinking about anybody except ourselves. He did that. So how can we be that type of representation yeah. of Jesus to a world who doesn't yet know him? Yeah, I, I don't want to disqualify anybody until they find Jesus. Our goal has got to be one thing. We've got to bring them to Jesus. Yeah. And, um, you know, Again, I, I don't think that there's anything that describes Jesus more than the fact that he valued people. Mm -hmm. And I think about like my life, and mm -hmm. our lives. Do we live such salt and light uh, lives that we're so salty that we bring flavor to where we're at that, that those that don't know Jesus? Yeah. And do we disqualify them um, instead of seeing the potential on the inside? Yeah. I, you, that's we, so we we actually we threw out this question on the on the dinner table and it was this think think about this that Jesus knew uh that Judas was a thief and he did nothing about it. Hmm. Isn't that interesting to yeah. think about that? Like yeah. 
He knew that he I was stealing from the money box. And you can read about that in the book of Luke. And as far as we can tell in what we read, never once did Jesus ever... He allowed him to still keep coming close to him, being a part of his friend group, a part of a disciple, like being there knowing he's stealing. Jesus is <laughs> constantly going to... And that one, I just can't wrap my brain around. Yeah. Like, I, I would deal with that, you know? <laughs> if you're on my <laughs> staff, I'm going to deal with that. But I'm like, I'm thinking, why? You know, what what is it? What is it about Jesus? Yeah. and I don't think it's a question of permitting his sin and not. I don't think it's that. I think it was the Lord really working towards pursuing his heart constantly. Yeah, you know, I, I gave the illustration this last weekend. Here's Peter. He messed up. He sinned. He betrayed mm-hmm. Jesus, and he went back to his old lifestyle. And yeah. guess who came looking for him? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. It's it was Jesus. such a powerful thought. To think, and and he brings Peter on the on the seashore, and he says, "Hey, Peter, I know you messed up. I know you missed it, but I just want I want to ask you this question: Do do you agape me? Like, do you God kind of love me? You know, the kind of love that God ha- mm-hmm. has." And, and Peter's like, "No, I I, I don't. I'm, <laughs> I've messed up so bad. There's no way I could ever tell you that. I, I phileo you. I love you like a friend." And he's like, "Peter, do you agape me?" And Peter's like, no, I, I phileo you. And then he asks him one last time, and instead of Jesus keep on trying to get Peter to come up to his level, he comes down to where Peter is at and says, Peter, do you phileo me? Do you love me like a friend? Yeah. And Peter said, yeah, I love you like a friend. And I just find Jesus always going to people, not compromising his values mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. Christianity, but he, bring, he brought things down to a level where people are at because he always was the God and always has been the God. Like if, if, if he constantly said, we have to always come up to his standard, we, yeah, none of us would ever be able to get to heaven. Always. We always fall short of that. And he knows that. And I think it's the kindness of God, right? That leads us to repentance. The Bible said it's the kindness. It's in our eyes being open to the fact that yet still God pursued us a first. He, he loved us first. He chose us first. He died for us first. And knowing that is what endears our hearts toward who is this God? I've got to know him. Yeah. The, the way that I describe it is this. Um, it, are, do, are you, is your skeletal system, so let me just explain it like this. Is, do you have an exoskeletal or I don't know what it's called? Well, it's I'm like, not a lobster, honey. Okay. So no, mine's enzo, endo, somehow it's inside. Okay. <laughs> we call it. I, Okay, but I know what you're saying. But but so uh, your values are we living and your a life? and your structure of like your your um the rule followers all of that are you wearing that as an exoskeleton or is it something on the inside? And the thing about Jesus is Do people feel let me can I just say it like yeah. this? Do they do they feel your heart first or your or your rules, rules first? Or you know the <laughs> evil eye and I see what you're doing and yeah, you're doing the, your judgment wrong. first. Your heart or your judgment? The hardness of the skeleton of your frame, which you have to have, those hold you up. If not, then you're just you're just a squishy, you're mushy. just a blob. Yeah, we're not saying that, but I love the analogy that it gives. Or do people come in contact first with your heart? With your heart, and that's the thing about Jesus is that they felt Jesus. He was God with skin on, mm-hmm. so they got to feel His heart. They got to touch His hands. Mm-hmm. And too many Christians that I've seen 
They wear their beliefs and their values and all that as an exoskeleton. So you never even get to see the person's heart. You're yeah. just coming in immediately in contact with. Yeah. You're not invited because you're whatever. Filling and our the job blank is to love people. Yeah. God's job is to judge them. Yep. And uh, I don't want to disqualify anybody until they can find Jesus because our goal has got to be one thing. We've got to bring them to Jesus. Yes. And didn't the Lord say it's the goodness of God that yeah. leads people to repentance? Yes, yeah. So my job is to love them. It's the Holy Spirit's job to bring conviction. Yeah. And so we were talking about, you know, we've we've got to, yes, we want people to come to church on the weekends. Mm -hmm. But we know half but, of them aren't. They're so, not going to. So we've got to begin to think about mm -hmm. how do we uh, provide uh, and add value to people in their felt needs? So how do we resource people that are going through grief mm -hmm. that are in your community? Like when somebody Googles I'm 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 depressed. I think our church should top, pop up at the front. Yeah, and we need to have a life group for that. We need to have something that can bring yeah. resources to them. Maybe they're going through a divorce. Maybe they're going through, um, they're they're, they're maybe it's in their family with their mm -hmm. kids or anxiety or stress yeah, or yeah. worry or felt needs that all of us as humans really experience as yeah. a part of the hardships and the suffering of life. And how can we bring Jesus? to be their answer. And he said that when you do this, be unforgettable. Mm -hmm. Like however you start meeting their needs, mm -hmm. like make sure you meet their needs and do it with excellence and passion and, uh, and with love. And then just when you think that, just when they think that you, you can't do anymore, you do, you, you blow them away. <laughs> you go it. the extra, extra mile. He said, you want to reach into the business leader community? He said, I mean, add, add value to them, add resources to them, mm -hmm. you know, feed them well, provide for them. And just when you, when they think that it can't get any better, yeah, do some more. And they're going to walk away going, wow, what kind of church is this that really, they don't, yeah. they didn't ask me for anything. Yep. They just valued I don't come me. Here. I don't know them. Yeah. They're it's helping just like, me with my marriage, with my business, them. with my, with my kids. Yeah. That's who we want to be. Wow. I'd like to find out some more about what's going on here. Yeah. And instead of creating an environment where we're saying, hey, you got to come to a, come to the weekend, which again, I'm not saying don't do that. Yeah, we're going to invite them still. But, but how are we doing additional things? To meet their felt needs. To meet needs. their, their like felt that. needs. Yep. Because we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus yeah. in our community. And I think it's massively important. I'm super inspired by this conversation that you and Mr. Well, John yeah, Maxwell had. He just said, I'm, he said, I have spiritual growth claustrophobia. I don't understand. Hold on, say it again. Spiritual growth claustrophobia. I don't want to be just confined into yeah. this little room of that's my spiritual growth. I want to expand. I want to think bigger. I want to reach people. I want to. Nice. I just thought it was. Anyways. Hey, everybody. Before I go, I do want to tell you one last thing. I was with one of these business leaders, and I just thought this was the coolest bucket list item that one of these guys has on his... Um, when you were with John Maxwell? Yeah, one of the, one of the okay. business leaders. Okay. So this wasn't a pastor, but this was a business leader. Tell me. He's 42 years of age, and uh, he works with Nike and Under Armour and all these guys creating digital strategies for them and all this stuff. But I just thought this was so cool, and then we'll be done. Bucket list item. I don't know if this would ever happen. I don't even know if I'm going to put this on my list. Okay, I'm just holding my breath here. What are you about to say? But he said, you can actually... Um, purchase like um, an experience package that you go down in a submarine mm. 
and it takes it's like a five day thing because you got to be become you got to be uh, get trained and be a part of the crew, and you go down and you have dinner at the bow of the Titanic, like a five course meal. What in the world? This is a real life thing yeah. experience. He said he did it. No, he's not done it yet. Oh. He said he's got it on his bucket list. Oh wow! But I just thought that was. I'd rather go to Italy. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's how it's many people cool. can say that they had a. Like it's a fancy, really wonderful dinner right in front of the bow of the Titanic. That's a great idea for someone else. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is really cool, but I'm sure whatever yeah. it costs. One of the other guys, I'll just say this. One of the other guys said one of his deals is he wants to go white truffle hunting in northern Italy. Oh, I do like so some truffle So you live on a farm oil. and you go truffle hunting with them. I feel like I watched something like that on TV before. He said, man, I love truffles. And I'm yeah. like, man, I don't think I've ever had a truffle. We had in Italy just truffle oil no, drizzled on the top of our... But it's not this kind of truffle. Like the kind of truffle he was talking about... Like, it's the real ones. No, the- like a thin, thin slice of this white truffle. Like you put it on a steak. He said it's $100 per... Like a thin a shred of slice it. of truffle. Why have people got to do that? For what? For a, one slice he said, of something? Because there's only one area in the world where it grows. And well, they, they need tried to, plant to grow some it artificially. <laughs> now he said you can get black truffle. Oh. But the white truffles, they grow and there's only they're only good for a few weeks. I'm sorry, I'm not that fancy. Anyways, it's it, kind of cool, but But we were just talking about some of this stuff and they, huh. it was I just white thought it was fun. Hunting. It I'm is like, fun. I just want to hear about it. Yeah, about but I'm going to keep my money. Okay. <laughs> 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 for us I'm wrapping it up here y'all <laughs> <laughs> well hey everybody we hope no, you all have fun. a great day and um, continue to open doors for, for others yeah open doors for others because what you make happen for others God, God will, will make. make happen for you that's right love you guys God bless you see you bye bye